coming to you live from North Carthage, Missouri. It's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and this week I'll be cracking open the skulls of my co-hosts, unspooling their brains, and trying to get answers. With me today, he's a vinyl hipster who loves fetish manga. It's Chris. Thank you. <laughs> and he's a mall babe who talks football and endures buffalo wings at Hooters. It's Andy. Hello. I don't think you've ever endured buffalo wings anyway, Andy. You should have flipped that one around. Because I only <laughs> enjoyed football and buffalo wings. <laughs> I love buffalo wings. I know you do. Uh, and you're often talking about how much you love hooters. Anyway, on to what we're <laughs> <laughs> uh, You can listen to us everywhere. We are the 10 Point Podcast. You can get us at 10pointpodcast.com. That is our website. You can contact us there. You can also contact us on any social media platforms that you like, except from Instagram, because we're a podcast. We do not have an Instagram. We are 10 Point Podcast on Facebook and at 10 Point Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we want you to get in touch. Please send any messages to us in any way you can. Andy, again, have you got a special message for any of our listeners? Uh, I'm just getting it out. Try to, find, try to find the message that you want to read out for us. Uh, hold on. Fell for me for two seconds. Uh, but yeah, we've had people get in touch and we like to hear what they say. Uh, we've already provided such things as different quizzes when Andy uh, tends to lean to a certain direction. Some listeners want better quizzes and also some listeners want us to give beer reviews and mentions on the podcast, which is something we started doing. Exactly. So anything at all. All, so, all, all. all feelings are catered to. Yes, Andy. So yeah, this time I'm going to thank our French followers because we've had a wee increase in French followers for some reason. Don't know why we're big in French. Uh, French, France, but we are. Got spread fans, maybe. Uh, maybe. So uh, I've got a wee message for them. Chris, sus des couilles, suivez-nous sur Facebook. There you go. So which means that means uh, thank you for listening. Follow us on Facebook. There we go. Cool. So, so, we're branching an international podcast. We are uh, not, although we do very much centre things on the UK because we're in the UK and my my uh, forecasting is always the UK on the news, which you can hear on Friday mornings or afternoons whenever it gets posted. But anyway, on to That's the point. The oh, not onto the point of the podcast yet. We have to talk about what we've done this week. What have we been doing this week, Chris? You've not spoken much yet. What have you watched in the last week? Surprisingly, I've watched quite a few films. What? I have watched the first two Bill and Ted movies in nice. preparation for the, the next one. And I've also watched uh, both Willy Wonka and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> with the girls. So um, uh, in both cases, uh, the, the original is better. Right, okay. And definitely with the, the Chocolate Factories, I much prefer Willy Wonka's one. Oh, yeah. I mean, they both they all kind of get thumbs up, but definitely the first two get two thumbs up. I, I don't know. Well, I like you know I mean? Bill and Ted 2 better than the first one. Oh, uh, no. Aye. No. I love Death and I love it's, it's Station. All right, but Death's all right in the wee random monster things all right station but, no, the first one is definitely be- i can't remember what it's called i fell asleep <laughs> that's why you don't enjoy films christopher as is the way <laughs> always <vulgar. laughs> um I've, I, I cannot recall the second one that much i can maybe only seen it once before so i, I definitely lean towards the first one because i, I kind of know that one has been my... i made the mistake of doing back to back what about you andy what have you watched in the last week I've once again I've watched loads of films, quite a lot that I can't discuss for uh, top secret future podcast reasons. <laughs> right, okay, I've got there, one this week as well. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there are some been some bangers, but uh, what did I do a rewatch of? Oh, I went and watched uh, Dread because obviously we, we did Judge Dread last week, and I don't like nice. Dread. Like it shocked yeah. me. I went from loving Carl Urban, and literally he is the best thing about Dread, but the film sucks balls. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've only oh. watched it in cinema and you fucking loved it. I know, because I watched it in 3D, but I watched it in, like, Blu-ray, uh, and, like, the blood looks... It works worse than Blade Blood, because it's all, like, 3D oh, yeah. shitty. Yeah. So it did not, I would say, age well because of the 3D-ness. It's, there's this time in cinema where there was, like, a two-year period where all films came out in 3D, and when yeah. they've been put onto DVD and that, they just look shit now, so... Dread, a Dread falls for that now, so... Yeah, not a fan. I'm a big oh. fan of Dread, but it will have been five years since I saw it, so I, I cannot give any more. Uh, at the moment, I give it a massive thumbs up because I yeah. never really like it. But, uh, but anything else than, you can remember or you want to disclose? Uh, I watched uh, an entire season of the Netflix series The Barbecue Showdown, which, if you've not heard of this, it's basically like the Brit- Great British Bake Off, but American Barbecue. Uh, right, okay. Powered through the season of that. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> At the podcast, we are famously in favour of barbecues. The chef episode, uh, exactly. that was the high point of the full film, I think. Well, straight after that, brisket. I went and bought a smoker to go and smoke more briskets. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. So, briskets it is. But yeah, good show. Worth a watch on Netflix. And uh, carry on Nurse Ratchet as well, which is sometimes painful, sometimes great. Uh, Nicholas just started watching that and she's, uh, she can't watch. She's got a weird thing about her eyes. And there's a scene and she's like, I nope. I don't Should do eyes either. Cute, I think. I don't do eyes, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very good. It's very good in places, but then just some episodes are just so long, and it's like, what's the fucking point? But worth a watch. Well, there you go. Uh, I went mental this weekend. Across Saturday and Sunday, I watched six films this weekend. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I just beasted it out. And my favorite experience of the lot was. 8am on a Saturday morning, sitting and watching Scarface. <laughs> having a bowl of cereal. And there's Tony Montana in a, a bathroom with there's a chainsaw next to him and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, Scarface, it's been a while since I watched it. Uh, I think it it holds up pretty well. It's, it's a bit long, for really. It, it just, it's an epic. It's three hours yeah. long, the damn thing. But uh, I, I really much enjoyed it. Um, I had a trip back to, to watch Almost Famous again, which is a, a kind of cult classic fam- uh, favourite of mine. Uh, again, very much enjoyed that. I don't much to say about it other than I just love the music in it. It's a big thing, um, big thing with me. But uh, the two finds I had of the weekend: one, I watched Upgrade, which uh, I think as an Andy kind of style. That's a film. Uh, which, if you've never seen it, is essentially Venom before Venom came out. But it's not a demon in him; it's like a robot that's in him. Uh, and the guy who's this main star, whose name escapes me, just looks exactly like Tom Hardy. So the entire way through, I was thinking, this is just Venom. But <laughs> A good action film and some bits, some things I've never seen before, which is always good for an action film. So that gets a thumbs up. And I watched Ghost on Sunday evening, uh, the like oh, 1990. Why? And it is not the film I thought it was, or at least remembered it being. <laughs> About five percent of it is like a love story, and the rest of it is this wacky 80s kind of comedy action thing with like real bizarre evil turns and Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> being hilarious. And it's like I do not remember it being like that at all. Uh, it's so I give Ghost a thumbs up, and if you've not watched it in like 10, 20 years, or whatever, give it a go again, just for some absolute late 80s, early 90s, I don't know, cliche, fantastical, amazing movies that you don't get anymore. So yeah, thumbs up for Ghost, because it's not what I remember it being. <laughs> Our movie ratings kind of synced together, Bruce, until you've rated that a thumbs up. It's, <laughs> uh, you've gone down to my estimations now. Really, I think it's some of the kitschiness and campiness. It's just going to hit home with me, and I just, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, and it has. After watching Ghost, I've now agreed with the girlfriend what we say to a medium when we are a ghost and we have to try and contact them. So it's like they know it's definitely us that's trying to contact them through the medium, which is definitely something. You'd, it's like a will. Everybody's that, got that now. 
Yeah, after that film, I need to. I need to. Do that. When I come back to see you, I'm going to be saying this. So yeah, that's what I watched. But yeah, I went crazy. And a couple other I've, I've omitted for future podcasts. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot watched over the weekend. But we get onto what we watched for the podcast this week. The point of the podcast this week is the 2014 drama mystery thriller Gone Girl. The brought to you by studios 20th Century Fox and Regency Enterprises. Based on the Gillian Flynn novel of the same name, the screenplay was written by Gillian Flynn herself, her first ever uh, step into feature screenwriting. She then has followed up since with the film Widows, that was well-received a couple of years ago, and Utopia, the uh, television streaming whatever show you want to call it, that is currently playing as we speak. Uh, I don't know if it's on its first season or if it's I just started watching that. I watched four episodes, it's pretty good. There we are. So Gillian Flynn has followed up Gone Girl with that. The film is directed by David Fincher, which is the reason that I have picked it, because I'm a big David Fincher fan. According to the internet, he is famous for directing Seven, Zodiac, The Social Network, and Gone Girl. Are there any other David Fincher things, Chris, that you know of and would say that's my David Fincher movie? No, I feel like there is one that pop jumps out, but I can't remember the name of it. Well, you you'll Andy? probably name it. Right, what was that film that I liked? There was one. One I was a fan of. Panic Room was the one Aye, that you liked. That's the one I like. Oh, I've seen that. That's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, the other David Fincher highlights are Alien 3, which I that's said highlights, Alien 3, Fight Club, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and he is the person behind the Mind Hunter show that is uh, Netflix. And Mind Hunter is where he has been for the last six years or whatever since he made Gone Girl, because Gone Girl, to the, right now, is his last feature film that came out, because Mank is his next one that is coming out at the moment within the next month, but it is straight to streaming. I think it's Netflix as well. But David Fincher is not just a great feature director. He has got the one amazing back catalogue of things that he has directed. So all the films I've listed, as well as adverts for Calvin Klein, Hewlett-Packard, Levi's, Coke, and Nike... But listen to this list of music videos that he has directed for people such as Justin Timberlake, Madonna, George Michael, Nine Inch Nails, Paul Abdul, Aerosmith, Sting, The Rolling Stones, Michael Jackson, Billy Idol, Iggy Pop, Roy Orbison, The Gypsy Kings, Foreigner, Loverboy, Mark Knopfler, Rick Springfield, and Patrick Swayze. He directed a music video for Patrick Swayze. Uh, I've heard of none of them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, going into my research, I had heard uh, little rumblings that he was involved in things that weren't just films. But David Fincher, it seems to be the master behind music videos, which I did not know. Um, but and all of them are before, during, and after his major motion pictures. Like he is not like a a money grab late in the career, or he was building his way up. There's a mixture all the way through. So he has directed a lot, has David Fincher, and has been very successful in doing so. But back onto Gone Girl, the reason we are here. The movie stars Ben Affleck, known for Goodwill Hunting, The Town, Argo, and Gone Girl. The reason we're here for. Uh, Andy, to you, Ben Affleck. You're a big Ben Affleck fan. Who is Ben Affleck to you? Mallrats, Jason Amy, Dogma, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, Jane Silent Bob The Reboot, any Kevin Smith film, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much all the Kevin Smith films, yeah. Reindeer Games. Uh, Reindeer Games, I remember you mentioned. That was that was your cry at the end of the podcast last week, was why didn't I pick Reindeer Games? <laughs> yep. I remember that. Uh, what about you, Chris? Ben Affleck, uh, any highlights? More recently, the Batman film. Batfleck! Uh, well, actually, Superman, wasn't it? Batman versus Superman, yeah. yeah. Um, Justice League. Yeah, the one I was going to say was Dogma. That's the one I remember seeing him in. Yeah, Dogma's, uh, Dogma's one of my favourite films. and that, that's, yeah. To me, he's... Uh, 
He's not Loki, he's the other one, Andy. You always have to tell me what his name is. Barnaby. He? Barnaby, there we go, he's Barnaby. Uh, but on uh, Days and Confused, which is one of his early films, he's not a major part in it, but really not many people are a major part in Days and Confused, and I think I mention it on every podcast that I can. He is in that. Also starring in Gone Girl, Rosamund Pike, the pointy award winner for worst actress in season one. That, was, a- that was harsh. <laughs> hey, you fucking <laughs> did mean- it. You hated her as well. Um, I'll take somebody else. Sure. It was a, a, a not well populated category. She kind of won by default, doesn't she? Was just about <laughs> the most leadingest actress we had of the season. Um, but yeah, so I, one of the reasons I picked Gone Girl was to try and redeem her in everybody's eyes. But we'll see if that has happened. Uh, she is known for Die Another Day, Pride and Prejudice, Jack Reacher, and of course Gone Girl. Other than Doom, Chris, do you know anything about Rosamund Pike outside of the films listed? Yes. Uh... Well, World's End, the film World's of Simon Pegg. Yeah. That's the only yeah, one yeah. I can really think of. What about you, Andy? Uh, Thunderbirds! Thunderbirds, okay. <laughs> that was coming. Yeah, she does he... the cartoon. She's, uh, what's the, the woman oh, called? Lady, Lady Penelope? Aye, she, she does the voice right, of Lady okay. Penelope. Oh, I can see that. It's probably a good, actually, a very good casting for that. I like that. Uh, the other one that I know her from is Johnny English Reborn, the sequel to Johnny oh, English. Yeah. <laughs> which is brilliant, play, playing off the fact that she was in Die Another Day uh, as well. So I think actually Johnny English Reborn might be a better Bond film than Die Another Day is. But <laughs> that might be for another episode. And the third name I picked up in terms of casting is Neil Patrick Harris, a two-time Pointy Award nominee, including one win for Worst Costume in Season 1. Hey. Uh, he also got nominated for Worst... I think it was Worst Supporting Character that he got nominated for. But his, his uh, SS officer outfit from the... <laughs> from Starship Troopers won him a pointy award. So two pointy award winners in this film here. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, famous for Starship Troopers, How I Met Your Mother, Gone Girl, and a series of unfortunate events. Uh, Andy, have you got anything else? Harold Kumar. Uh, you beat me to it. Yeah. yeah, that's what I went for. The other one I picked out is Doogie Howser, MD. Yeah. Uh, seems to be the big, uh, it's a very American thing. I think he was, he's famous for that. Yeah. Where? <laughs> But they're the three I've picked out. I didn't bother delving any further down the cast uh, at the moment, but we might do as we talk through the film. Gone Girl, budget of 61 million. Seems quite high. Opening weekend, 37.5 million. Total US gross of 168 million. Made over a million on its home soil. Worldwide, 369 million it made. So, well, it, it took. So it made over $300 million. Did Gone Girl a very successful time at the box office released 3rd of october 2014 meaning it was eligible for the 2015 awards season which you keen-eyed people who know the podcast know we've done at least twice before including my second last pick was the same year (laughs) (laughs) but i will not go too far into the winners that year best picture at the oscars was birdman best movie mtv movie awards was the fault in our stars and the worst picture at the razzies was saving christmas however i do have to mention gone girl because they were mentioned at every single one of these awards as in rosamund pike was nominated for best actress at the oscars and she lost to julianne moore for a film called still alice that i do not know an awful lot about Uh, at the razzies that year we had a winner in terms of gone girl however it was the Razzie Redeemer Award. Ben Affleck went from a Razzie winner to an Oscar darling, is how they say it on their website, <laughs> and he won the Redeemer Award, as in, you're not as crap as we thought you were. It seems <laughs> to be what Ben Affleck was. Uh, so they actually, Gone Girl is attributed a win at the Razzies that year. But where Gone Girl did its most damage was at the NTV Movie Awards that year, which I was not aware of. It was nominated for Best Movie, and I obviously lost to the winner, Fault in Our Stars. Nominated there. 
but it had a bunch of other nominees as well. So Breakthrough Performance, Rosamund Pike was nominated for, lost to Dylan O'Brien from Maze Runner. The film, or Rosamund Pike again, was nominated for Best Scared as Shit Performance, quote, that's what the award <laughs> is called. Uh, she lost to Jennifer Lopez from The Boy Next Door. Rosamund Pike was nominated for Best Villain as well and lost to Meryl Streep from In the Woods. So there were five nominations at the NTV Movie Awards that year for Gone Girl. Three it, of them were Rosamund Pike. It, it does show you that she deserves her win for a uh, point award winner for being the shittest actress ever. What, that she lost all these awards? She's lost them all because she's still shit. <laughs> yeah. However, the movie did win an award at the NTV Movie Awards that she is involved in because it won the movie won Best Breakup. So I'm assuming she was one half of the breakup involved, uh, the one there. So very successful time at the NTV Movie Awards. A bit more of a deep dive into the awards saw me find that Gone Girl has won 64 awards in total. Okay. Uh, on wow. top of what I've mentioned, two for Best Film, 26 for Rosamund Pike. She won 26 Best Actress Awards for her role in this film. Tyler Perry won a Supporting Colin Award. Bullshit. Carrie Coon won a Supporting Award. David Fincher won a Directing <laughs> Award. Gillian Flynn won 26 Writing Awards as well. They both won 26 uh, different awards. The Sound got an award. The Trailer got an award. And they won three awards for Best Thriller. I think this has to be the most successful film we've ever covered in terms of profit and in terms of awards. So we'll see how it goes on the show and see how we like it. Brief synopsis that I've tried to put together for Gone Girl goes as follows. When Nick Dunn, Ben Affleck, returns home on his fifth wedding anniversary to find his wife Amy, that's Rosamund Pike, gone with signs of a struggle, he contacts the police. At the centre of a media circus and under increasing pressure from the authorities, Nick's story of a perfect marriage begins to crumble. Not helping matters are Nick's generally apathetic appearances in public, calling for help in finding his missing wife. Just as everyone begins to point the finger at Nick, we discover that Amy herself has masterminded the whole thing and is in hiding. She watches the media coverage on television at a crappy motel and she sees her plan falling into place, hoping that it will conclude with Nick getting the death penalty. Amy comes a cropper of some rednecks, loses all her cash and realises that life on the run might not be as good as the high life that she is used to. Following a home run of an appearance on a television show by Nick, where he lets Amy know that he knows, she hatches a second plan to safely make it back to her old life, involving setting up her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, Desi, getting away with his murder, and then telling the police that he was the kidnapper in the first place. She then returns to Nick, and the two of them live unhappily ever after. Uh, that is as much as I can fit into this podcast for the synopsis of this film. And it hits That's all the, the whole podcast. Points. Done. Well, there you okay. go. <laughs> With that out of the way, on to the talking points. And that is point number one on the 10 Point Podcast. Uh, it was my selection. As normal, I would throw to the person to tell us why they picked it. But it's me, so I'll tell you why I picked it. It's because I wasn't sure if either or if both hadn't seen this film. It turns out Andy had seen it, Chris hadn't, which will help us a lot that Chris can be our... You hadn't seen it, Chris, that is correct, isn't mm -hmm. it? Uh, yes. Your kind of virgin eyes to the film will uh, let us know how it is on the watch, first watch through. <laughs> Uh, so we'll definitely come to you uh, several times on the talking points here but I picked it because it's a twister you never know where it's going on the first time out and I th as I said earlier I wanted to redeem the people who won pointies the negative pointies as it were I wanted to get them back in and we've never done David Fincher or Ben Affleck and I thought both of them should have been covered sooner or later on the podcast Andy how did you find the opening to the film shit start there. shit <laughs> like just shit I was bored uh, do you know what for once I actually agree with Andy like the constant scene change and pissed me off a bit. I, I got like, like every time. Yeah, normally like when it, they, they switch, normally you get like a smooth transaction. It's just like bang, bang, bang. It's like 
Yeah. Aye. Why, why did I need that? I, 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 I watched it twice because I thought maybe they would tie in with what happens in the film, but no, they're just random scenes. No, I just think shots so, of for, Missouri or wherever it is. Yeah. Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Where are we? I don't I just, know. Uh, it was Missouri, is what it was. Ah, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, I did quite enjoy his little voiceover about cracking our head open. Like it, it certainly it puts you in a kind of dark place to begin with, and obviously it's him talking, so immediately you're put to think, did he crack our head open? Yeah, when he when he said that, it kind of made you think, like, was he just? Oh, I don't know. How am I trying to put this? Like when he says, "I'm going to crack her head open and just what unspool her brains, yes, to find get some answers or something." Like that. Yes, like I wonder if it was just. I don't know, poor word choice, or if he actually does what, like, okay, for skill on. If you're so in, when he first said that. In the early going, were you immediately Ben Affleck did it? Or were you no. like some cra- crazy person's broken in? I'd never thought at one point that he did it. Like, really? I always thought he, he was being framed by somebody else, if you know what I mean. I always thought somebody else was just trying to get him. Right. And then you- later on, when you find out about Desi, I thought they were gearing up for him. I've like at no point did I ever think that he did it. Yeah, because like uh, Neil, Desi is Neil Patrick Harrison. He yes. pops in at one of the rallies to find her, and then he goes to his house thinking it was him, and he's yeah. very standoffish at that point as well. Say, yeah, like, it was bef- go on. You go. There you go. I was say before you find out the twist, and we'll get there. Yeah, I always thought there was something else going. It was I never knew it was him. I never thought it was him. Say, you know my, my bet, and the reason why I knew it wasn't Ben Affleck was one. Ben Affleck's got a face you can trust. So, <laughs> right, okay. When he, he covers didn't his ass chin, yes. And then when he covers his <laughs> little chin, when he does that bit, it's like, oh, you can always trust me and all that. It's just like, of course we fucking can. You're fucking Batman. And you're Ben Affleck. So, <laughs> double trust. I was just like, straight away, I was like, he didn't do it. Like, I remember watching this the first time. It's like, there's a twist in here. Affleck didn't do it. Yeah, so I was the same. You I was can like, see they were trying to push you to want him to do it. Yeah. If like he, like you could tell just the way he is, like the way he doesn't know anything about anything. Like he seems yeah. just oblivious to everything that's going by. It's like they want me to think it's him, but then that's too obvious. Like that, yeah. why, why would it be him? Uh, the first note I've got beyond the opening is I've just got mastermind, and then it's like that game was the bee's knees when I was in school. <laughs> the old, uh, I don't know why, why it's called mastermind. It doesn't do the TV show. I don't know if it, obviously it's in America. So I don't. Know if it's just in the British TV show, but. I am um, yeah, a big fan of that game. Uh, I was like, why is he going to a pub with Mastermind? And then he doesn't even play it. He just gives it to her behind the bar. Uh, so yeah, Mastermind got a, a reaction out of me. Just uh, played Game else? of Life though, which she I've did. never played actually. Game of Life? Oh, that's good. That's a... I, always, I always like to be like a gay couple. Like I was progressive <laughs> back in the day playing as a kid. I'd always like little two, two, two little blue daddies. That's what I would do. I, uh, I don't think I, I put it in the trivia, so I'll mention it here. With the Game of Life, so... He, as we see him play the game of life, there he gets married, and then goes on the honeymoon, and then immediately makes apparently a wrong move, as in something you can't do in the game. So those people who know the game of life should be like, "Oh, he doesn't know how to play that," and it's like a metaphor for like he doesn't know how to live life. He got married, and then he didn't know what to do beyond <laughs> that, and then that's when things started to go off the rails in terms of the film oh, as well. I never noticed that. Why? Uh, my first note is um, I don't even know my own blood type. Never mind ah, anybody else's. That's mine. I've got pop quiz. What is your significant other's blood type? <laughs> See, I, I don't even know mine. I, I bought one of them blood test kit things to try and do it yourself. Apparently, I'm every blood type because it went wrong. So I have no idea what blood type I'm at. Oh, I'm not expecting you to just like spill half of your innards trying to do that. No, you just prick you your finger at your bell like, end. Oh, I thought you might like try and 
pop of vein or something. No, you just prick your finger and put it on a little <laughs> thing, but then you've got to kind of shake it, and the paper will tell you whether you're A, B, O, or whatever. But mine just lit yeah. up everything, so I've got some kind of super vampire blood. <laughs> <laughs> there was something shifty about the cat, though. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen this before, and I didn't notice the cat, or at least remember the cat. I thought, is this something significant in this cat? That like, every time I see it, I'm going to watch it and see. So, everyone who holds it, do they die, or is that cat always lurking in a place where there was a weapon? Or I was like, I'm not really sure what the the, the conclusion was. I didn't see the symbolism in the cat. Okay, I never noticed that first. Because like he picked the cat from outside, and I was like, oh, cats are supposed to be outside. Who cares? And then. Every time you've seen him, he either had the cat or he's putting the cat down. And Emily walked past it, clapped the cat, and he was like, oh, you just stay there. I was like, something fucking chef to bit this ginger cat here. <laughs> the cat did it. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, maybe the cat did it? I don't know. See, By accident? And he's just trying to save his cat. My, my my first actual pop on this film was, it has this like kind of like flashback thing and in between it. Up pops Walmart sign, and then there's a KFC sign. It's huge. I was like, "Yeah, it's KFC, <laughs> KFC." Yeah, that was that was the uh, we were trying to find Amy too or something like that. I think it yeah, was on it. So, yeah. Help, help find Amy. That was my first time I got excited in this film. <laughs> well, mine was Mastermind. So like, it's, it's simple things. <laughs> uh, the next note I've got, I've just written down the amazing press conference where oh, Ben Affleck yeah. does his shifty kind of funny <laughs> smile thing and his. Can you, uh, if anyone has any information for Amy, come forward and tell us. And then that's it. That's all he says. And then the, then the mum and dad have to do the, oh, come home. We need you brought back. And all that. I thought it was just an amazing, just set piece of a, at that point, the film is trying to make you very much think it is Ben Affleck that has done it. And then you're like, he's absolutely remorseless. He doesn't care. And I thought it was just an amazing. And then obviously the press turn on him at that point. And I thought that was the, the first major kind of high point I've got as the film would, would be that. I must be some sort of sociopath because that's exactly how I would react. Somebody puts a camera in your face, you smile. It doesn't matter. It could be a standing in the middle of a funeral. I could, I would smile at a camera. It's just, I can't help it. <laughs> he loves a camera. <laughs> you're, just, you're just camera friendly, aren't you? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, was, I thought I was, I'm socially awkward. Like, some, I would could, like bash somebody in the face and, and just laugh. It's the kind of person I am. I my, my, first, my first actual question, though, is, and it's with a question mark at the end, is incest question mark because <laughs> is Ben Affleck and his sister do they seem like they're like they love each other a bit too much I've I got that vibe I did no, get twins that vibe are supposed to be like that aren't they they're a little bit well even like, they're always like creepy twins yeah it's just like even when he bangs like the younger woman it's just like she's standing there it's like hello I don't know she what you did. watching them, though. <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm picturing in my head. She wasn't there when she left. She just happened to come out and see him ushering her at the door, and she was like, yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I reckon she was standing there watching. I think you're just, you're comfortable to fake news. That fake news show tells them. <laughs> it's incest. You're like, oh, it must be. Yeah, you've just uh, you're taking it on like that. <laughs> but speaking of her, though, I felt like the girlfriend, when she just rocked up, Absolutely shows no consideration for his situation he's in at all. She just seems then like, oh, I was worried about you and you didn't phone me, you didn't do this and do that, and oh, I want to be with you and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, have you not watched the television in the last 24 hours? Like, I'm everywhere, my life is falling apart. The last but, thing I need is you coming in. And but he did want her and got his whole ass. My next point is clue two. Like, why wouldn't you just take the police there and save the issue of him getting caught? So you know, like when the clue that takes him to the his oh, dad's yeah. house yeah, and yeah, the police yeah. just rock up. Why would you not be like, I think this could be my dad's house. I'll just take you there. 
I feel like he like, just still doesn't know what he's doing. He's just like, no. oh, oh, I've worked that one out. He's I'm making himself look over. guilty. Like, well, exactly. Yeah. Like, some of the half snickle will be like, okay, I didn't do it. I'll take you everywhere I think I know. If it's dodgy, it's dodgy. Just don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's dodgy, it's dodgy. <laughs> it is a weird bit, like I said. And there's a bit in this film where it just, it does, like, you forget about he's doing the clue. It's just like, it does that. It goes off and it's like, oh, actually, he's still looking for clues, isn't he? And it just, it was a bit weird. You think yeah, that, just... the, the, the dad house one is the weird one where it's like he doesn't even figure it out. Like it's, yeah. it's like there's an actual detective there who could help figure it out. But yeah. I can't remember if at that point he was already had suspicions or not. That might have been the problem. And that detective, uh, how many coffees does she drink? Ah, oh, yeah, I've got that as well. She's like plugging everything: Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I don't know what the next one was. She literally had a different branded coffee in her hand every fucking crime scene. She did. Uh, what was the other one like? What was the? Would you ever find out what the clue was that he couldn't figure out? That was the only one that he kept one. in the box. No, the the one from the last hunt that she got really pissed off at him at because she couldn't figure out. I, I think that's a no. Yeah, there was a clue from the last treasure hunt that she did that ah, she got okay. really annoyed about because he couldn't figure it out. Oh, I don't know. I've missed okay. that bit totally. <laughs> He's making up. Were the panties? Who's who's were the panties? That's the question. Uh, nobody knows. I, I think, think the girl knows. I think Amy bought them to plant them. That's yeah. my I, th- I think she's that evil. Is it? Is around this time in my notes? I've just got it's the morning of. So therefore, we've now switched over to find Dan, Dan, Dan. That she'd kidnapped herself, and then when she reels off her entire plan and why she'd done it, which was essentially he didn't love me enough or didn't care enough and all that, and she goes how deep she went into this. I've just got she is evil written down <laughs> in my notes here. Uh, she's a I, fucking nutter. I'd like honestly, I'd never seen this film, so I'm sitting there watching it, and it got to the point where, and she was the, the voiceover was like, "I'm so fucking glad I'm dead," and then you see her with a hole in the arm. I was just like sitting there with the mouth open, and what? I was like, "Was not prepared for that bad boy at all." I was like, "Oh, I had a, I thought it was Desi the whole time after that." I uh, like, see. Before I, that, I, I kind of thought it like I didn't think it was just her. I actually thought it was her and the mum and dads. And it was all part of like the book. Like they're going to be making a new Amazing Amy book, is what I thought they were going to be going doing. So oh, I remember okay. watching this for the first time. I was like, the fucking mum and dad are in this as well. Oh, well, I can see that. That makes sense actually. Yeah. Especially when yeah. they did the whole cover-up <laughs> thing when they were talking to the detective. The detective. Um, and they were like, oh, this person is like almost like they weren't meant to mention that random other person. And it's just like, wait there, they're dropping random clues in here. They're part yeah, of it. Yeah. They were quite a bizarre red herring, the mum and dad. Uh, it's like they were really heavily implied to be, oh, this problem that she had when she was younger, and then it's, oh, they're going to play into the film. And then they're just there looking sad for about like, the middle half of the film. And then that's it. That's really all the significance they have. I think it's all just to show this is part of the reason that she was messed up in the head, I think. It seems to be what I took from the whole mum and dad character. Well, I was, I mean, I forgot to take a stat down because that dad was a hugger. He hugged everybody. It's a bit too long as well. It definitely hugged Ben Affleck every time he saw him. Every time he saw him, he was like, oh, give me a wee hug here. Um, my next point I've got is, is it possible to put on that much weight in two days? Like, she really gained the beef, and it was literally two days she'd been gone. and she was, I thought she was like, pregnant. Like, like, genuinely, like, actual pregnant. Like, I don't know if she just, like, stuffed pillows up herself, or if she was, like, actually, it was her money bag that was meant to be there, but she looked fat. I mean, it's like, like literally, she's oh, in the car. I never thought about the money bag, actually. 
Yeah, that's one aspect of it, but it's her face. Like, she's driving in the car. Yeah. Like, as in, I'm dead. It's the day I've gone missing. Like, it, was, it was the morning of. Like, I'm going to eat this burger. And then she gets to, the, like, the motel, and it's like, I am a bat guy now. <laughs> like, I have massive all of a sudden. It's like, it was just tanning burgers the entire way without breathing. <laughs> I was like, how do you put on Same that with smoking, though. The smoking wouldn't make your cheeks go that red that fast. Wouldn't they? I don't know. I'm not a smoker, so I wouldn't. Me neither. I don't know. I don't know well, you're going right, Chris. Experiment uh, for you next week. How fat can you get in a week? Yeah. Fat yeah. enough. Let's get a photograph on the. I'm trying to go the other way. <laughs> uh, my other one was like, see when she had that money bag and she was doing the golf thing and she dropped it. How did they know that it was money? Like, not nothing fell out of it. No money fell out. Yeah. You I just went, oh, was... that's a big fat wad you've got. Yeah, they they know. Awesome. They could hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, about the bit... money falling. Three thousand dollars, and that's mine. Isn't it? I've got. Why was she so excited about holding a f- pretty easy putt that her whole plan fell apart because she was like, "Yes, I hold this straight ahead putt." Like, calm down. This crazy putt, and it's nighttime. You're playing with two rednecks that you don't know. Well, like, she's a fucking nurse. So prob- that's probably the most excitement she's ever had in her life. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where's my next one? Uh, oh yeah, when Ben Affleck starts to get his suspicions and he goes to find uh, the lawyer, I thought if you were a person of suspicion, you weren't allowed to leave states to go and like visit people. Ah, or uh, that's just a random question. Good, okay. yeah, I guess, but maybe he wasn't officially because they were just talking to him at that point. I guess I don't know. All right, um, um, am I? On you go. You're out, did you say? He's out. No, I said, on you go. Uh, I'll go say the, 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 I've got a couple more as well. One of mine I've got, are we to believe that Ben Affleck actually took the girlfriend to his own bar? Or was she lying in that scenario? Because Amy's telling the story. It's oh, like, that's what I meant to ask. If he did that, he deserves all of this. We're just being so stupid as to yeah. take, his, take a girlfriend to his own bar where everybody knows he is married. But it, she was like telling the story, so she may have made the whole thing up. No, I, th- yeah, I think that bit was true. I think that actually happened. It was going to ask you, did she said she started to vent. Like, did these things actually happen? Did he actually push her against the stairs? Did he actually do all the other stuff that nah. she said that he did? Or was that just her? She's fucking nuts. Plant, that's, what she, that's what she thought was happening, I reckon. Yeah, could be that. I reckon Ben Affleck was just a nice guy because we all believe Ben Affleck. You know, even when he has actual troubles in real life, we all feel sorry for him. We all believe him. It gets through it, so yeah, she's just a lying little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my next point is, um, I, it's easy to see why uh, she ditched Desi because he seemed kind of stalkerish. Yeah. As soon as she came in, I was, I was like, oh, you're mine now. I'm going to keep you here forever and I want a real Amy. We definitely have yeah. a friend like that, don't we, Chris? Before we get to any sort of uh, litigation <laughs> and accusations, I'll move on to my next, my more light-hearted question here. Uh, in the same place where she is, where she's with Desi, uh, a bottle of wine comes into things at one point. Would either of you guys drink a bottle of wine served to you by Amy Dunn? Die? <laughs> uh, not if it's white. I would do it if it was red. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then, speaking of things that were red, the last question I've got is, why did they not wash all the blood off of her when she got to the hospital? <laughs> yep, that was what I was literally my last question because it makes no like, fucking sense. Surely they would need to see it's like if any of it's hers, yep. if any of her is cut anywhere. It's like, it wash it off. Makes no fucking right. sense other than to make her look fucking crazy. And After that, though, it would have been dried on by then. It would have been like a horrible brownie colour, not just 
I know wet red, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It but made no sense. But yeah, that was that was literally my last question. Just going, what the fuck was that hospital? She ain't paying her insurance anyway. That's definitely free free healthcare <laughs> no, in America. Yeah, you can't afford that. Yeah, That's no, Trump no care right there. <laughs> um, my last question is: Was she really pregnant at the end? And if she was, does that mean it was Neil Patrick Harris' last spooge baby? Oh God. Or was it, <laughs> or was it uh, Ben Affleck's? Because she did say something about the <laughs> the fertility clock. Uh, she's probably lying, but it could be the aforementioned Neil Patrick Harris, etc. Right, yeah, good theory. Or yeah. that's definitely getting put onto the soundboard. A spooge baby. <laughs> a spooge baby. That's how you make babies. Right. Uh, are we out of questions? I think we're out Def- of questions. He's killed it. He's killed right. it with a spooge right. baby. From the high point of the podcast to the high points of the movie. Uh, <laughs> Andy, have you got any nominees for the high points of Gone Girl? I like. I know we try not to like high point actors, but Affleck's the bomb in this thing. Like he just plays it so weirdly, creepily good. And even though I never tr- like like I trusted him all the way through, he still tried to like make you go the wrong way quite a lot, and it worked. <laughs> yes, I. Um, uh, he he plays himself though, really, is what he's oh, doing. Yeah. Like I, I believe that's him. Like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, which is very sometimes hard to do, but I think he does it very well. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to get like, like the movie was well done, but like at the same time not well done because I wasn't excited by the twist. I kind of seen it coming, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna have to pick um, like even Neil Patrick Harris was shite. So yeah, just Affleck. Yeah, going for Affleck is yeah. a high point. What about you, Chris? Uh, my high point, I'm going to say both the twists. Like, I never saw her faking her own death coming. I, like, I thought it was going to be Desi either being a kidnapper or a murderer and walking away. Like, he kind of, she said he did. but And then the second twist of her, you know, slicing his throat, I wasn't prepared for that. And, like, framing him for rape as well was, I thought it was quite a good twist. Yeah. Um, Desi's cabin is my perfect house. Everything he had is what I want. I mean, underfloor heating in the middle of nowhere. Cameras. You on a lake. No escape for women. Uh, no, you don't. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, and also, the ending. I like the fact that they um, they kind of left it open as to like it leaves your mind to run away. Like, Actually, do they stay together? Do they I agree with that. I'm going to steal that end, like the ending bit as well. It's like you don't expect them to actually get back together and kind of have a unhappy a ever after life. ending. So yeah, I'll give the ending a high point. Uh, I've got a few. I'll go high points. Uh, ben Affleck looking like he doesn't give a damn at the press conference. I'll just <laughs> not touch on that again. I like that bit. Uh, his performance on the Sharon show, where he just absolutely nails it. Like, but at that point, he's been pretty inept and pretty much doesn't know what's going on. He's stumbling through the film, and then he tells uh, Tyler Perry, he's like, I've got it. Don't worry, I've got it." And you're like, "Oh Christ, what is he going to do here?" And he goes on, and he hits absolutely everything, absolutely perfect. And he's like, "You know, if you're Amy, he's like, he knows." And now I need, I'm, I'm, I'm on the losing end now. It totally turns the whole tide of the film. It's him being on that show. It's like it came out of nowhere. I'm like, "Yes, you're the movie's hero now, Ben. Well done." Uh, he's Amy's how to fake. Yes, exactly. Amy's how to fake your own death guides, where she talks oh, the that way. Was good was an amazing bit. Like, it has to probably, it's probably the best bit of the film. It might not be a high mm-hmm. point as such, but like I say, it's the reveal of the twist and then the, all the little bits that were just little bits tied in with the big bits, all tying the film together with a nice big bow in the middle uh, was good. And then the film goes out of control after that. But to me, the, the bit that stayed with me, the second time I've watched it, and it's the bit that I remember clear as day from the first one, is the, the murder of Neil Patrick Harris. And just the way, the whole set piece <laughs> of that whole thing where... 
you think that's going to go one way, but you know she's got evil intentions, and then just the the gore of just the blood going <laughs> absolutely everywhere is just it's an amazing visual uh, and amazing scene. So they're my high points. Uh, on a point three, the low points, and I'll go first because I've got the home section and the ending of the film is my low point. I feel the film just runs out of steam and it kind of, sort of, didn't really know where it was going to go. I feel like it hit the major twists, turns, high points, dramatic bits earlier and then she's back home again and it's like, oh, she's got away with it. And then I just feel like it just kind of tapers down and then the film ends. And it's like, oh, mm. okay, like you peaked. 20 minutes ago when she gets she just come home and got away with it and it ended it there and you don't know what they're going to do but then there's this extra bit where the interviewer comes around and the baby and all that sort of stuff so for me about the last 20 minutes of the film kind of lets it down uh, what about you andy kind of agree with that but i quite like the ending ending but for me it's like more of a pacing throughout the film so it's like it could be easily cut down an hour and it's just like, it got this bit where it's like, it's going, it's going, and I, I had to go to the toilet, paused it, it's like, how the fuck is there still 45 minutes left of this film? It's like, <laughs> she's just revealed the big twist, and I think this is like where the film would have been better if they did a kind of Saw-style ending, where it's like, an hour and a half in, it's like, oh, he's been accused or whatever, but then she's like, there laughing in her little motel going, haha, this is what I've done. And it just kind of ends there, and then you don't know actually what happens to him. I think it would have been a better thing for me. Um, but the other thing I absolutely hated was the fucking music in this film was shite. Whoever the sound composer director was, fucking stop. Like I hope he's never, right him. I hope it's he's never ben done it. from Nine Inch Nails. He's a big Fincher co-worker. They right, together fuck him. Stuff, so. Shite. Because those bits the, where it's uh, like the kind of monologue bits where she's like she's explaining her story or Ben Affleck's explaining like the stories and shit like that. It's just got this weird uh, kind of fucking. What's that Diamond film called that I hate? The Uncut, uncut Gems music, where it's too fucking loud oh, music. Yeah, yeah, Uncut Gems. Yeah, it's like yeah. similar to that. Yeah. That. So yeah, fuck that shit. Music. It's, shit. The, it's very similar to the music in Social Network as well, because it was too loud as well. It was specifically David Fincher who asked. Here we go. I've got the notes. Uh, David Fincher said to Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who's the other person who worked on the music, uh, he had visited a spa wherein the music that was supposed to relax him, he thought was really creepy and made him very, very uncomfortable. So he said to them, can you try and make the music uh, passive and relaxing, but instill a sense of dread? So that's where the music idea came from. Nope, it was too loud and it annoyed the shit out of me. (laughs) So fuck them. Those are the ones they Very early on, I had to turn it up because I couldn't hear what they were saying because the music was so loud over the top of them. So I do agree on that point. Uh, uh, Chris, do you get any low points? Um, you know the dialogue between Amy and Nick during the flashbacks was just so cheesy and fake I just I hated it and it, nobody's dates are that perfect and rubbing sugar off people's faces and but shit. you love a sweet kiss <laughs> <laughs> yeah amazing amazing callback yes fantastic say for that uh, my other one is Affleck was playing PlayStation he's a scummy bastard <laughs> PlayStation 3, Battlefield 2 or 3, I think he was yeah. playing, if I remember my trivia. That's what he was playing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Is that all the low points? I think we've covered That's it, yeah. On to the points of interest. I've got quite a lot, but I'll try and pick the best ones out and I'll fly through this as quick as I can. 
Uh, an actual point of interest that I enjoyed when I found Reese Witherspoon obtained the rights to the film and was going to produce and star in the film. Her production company, including her, obviously, hired David Fincher to direct. And somewhere along the way, he managed to convince her that she wasn't the right person to be <laughs> Amy in the film. <laughs> so she stepped back and just produced it. I can see like, that. I can't see her. She's too friendly. Like, too yeah, nice. Yeah. Slant somebody's throat. Yeah. David Fincher often kind of watches clips and looks at photographs of people he might want to be roles in his film to try and get inspiration. He found that, Dave, uh, that Ben Affleck gave a particularly awkward smile during many public appearances in photographs and videos and thought, that's my guy, I want him to be Nick. And that's where, obviously, the, the press conference scene came from. Uh, Affleck, uh, David Fincher, legendarily, is the biggest control freak when it comes to cinema ever. I know people have problems with the likes of Joss Whedon and all that sort of stuff's going on now, where there's uh, lawsuits and all that against people, and he said that and all that. But David Fincher broke Jake Gyllenhaal on the set of Zodiac because he wanted him to do 90 takes on the one scene and there's other films where he's done 80 takes of the one scene and all that. So Ben Affleck had a bet with a crew member that, that uh, Fincher wouldn't notice that Ben Affleck had tampered with one of the cameras ever so slightly uh, when he was off set like doing something else. So Affleck must have gone over twisted any wee knob and sat back down again. David Fincher came in, looked through the lens and went why does the camera look so dim immediately? And Ben Affleck had to pay up to the crew member uh, the money that he'd bet. Uh, Affleck beefed up for Batman, which is why he gains massive amounts of muscle for various parts of the film, and maybe why he was so confident when he got into the shower, stark bollock naked, uh, later on <laughs> at the end. Um, and speaking of putting on the beef, Rosamund Pike actually gained a stone for that middle section, so she put on extra weight and other bits and pieces were added to her to make her look bigger than she was, but she gained a stone in weight. Uh, in the library, the book that they go and find was Pride and Prejudice, and Rosamund Pike's breakout lead movie role was in Pride and Prejudice, which is a, a strange little nod, if not by accident. The uh, the murder scene, the, the sex murder scene, uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Rosamund Pike spent two hours alone on the set rehearsing the sex slash murder scene. So they, David Fincher said to them, Bullshit. I want you to do this. So two I know what they were up to. On their own, <laughs> is what they did. Uh, briefly mentioned early on, Carrie Coon plays Ben Affleck's twin in the film. She is nine years younger than him, <laughs> and they are meant to be twin brother and sister. Uh, speaking of David Fincher and his meticulous way of doing things, it was a 100-day shoot for the film, and he shot 500 hours of footage, and it was whittled down to two and a half hours of footage. So there you go. It may have been an even longer film for you, Andy, if Fuck you had that every little bit he might have wanted. And then my last little random Bruce's fun facts, not quite Andy's fun facts yet. Sheila Ward plays Sharon, the TV show host that comes to their, uh, who Ben Affleck goes on. She played Helen Kimball, the wife of Harrison Ford's character in The Fugitive, which is a nice tie-in to the fact that this film is like The Fugitive as well, where the wife gets murdered and we have to find out who did it. Uh, my mark-out moment at the beginning of seeing Mastermind, the board game Mastermind was put on top of a pile that had Emergency, Let's Make a Deal, and The Game of Life. <laughs> and in order, that's essentially what happens in the film, was... She's a mastermind. There's an emergency, blah, 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 all the way down. Uh, this one's for you, Chris. I'll put this one especially for you. This bit of trivia note. Yeah, I feel like this is relatable. Casting Emily Ratajkowski well, as Andy was Ben Affleck's idea. So uh, that's a little trivia note. He loves the titties. <laughs> uh, and this is my absolute favourite bit of trivia in the entire film. I don't know why it exists, but contrary to rumours, former Leeds United striker Tony Yeboah does not appear in the film. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the internet so I had to include it because it's the single most random thing I've ever heard in my life uh, but yeah, apparently that rumour has been, has been put to rest Tony Yabo is not Where did that come from? I know, I don't know I don't even know which scene it would be but anyway I know 
<laughs> uh, that's all the trivia I've got. Andy, have you got a fun fact? Really I've got a fun go fact for you. You ready for this one? Yeah. So, every 40 seconds in the USA, a child goes missing. Fun fact for you there. Also, it's not I thought, a fun fact. I thought, I, <laughs> it's just a fact. It's a fact. It's a all right. Uh, I, th- I set myself up. I thought you might say that, so I thought I'll double down on this one. So, coroner's offices, i.e. the morgues, in the United States, there's more than 40,000 unacclaimed um, for dead bodies in the United 40, States. 40,000 Jane Doe's. 40, yeah. Jane Doe's that nobody actually knows the names for and sitting in morgues and they can't get buried until they're actually like sort of for a case, a murder or whatever. So there's some fun facts for you. So the conclusion would be when the zombie outbreaks happen, America is knackered. They're like, fucked. They've got 40,000 cold bodies ready to go. explains why there's so many there. There's a hundred dead bodies just waiting to come and kill yeah. us all. Yep. That's the zombie land. It's, uh, it's so that's that's my America. morbid facts for this uh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a point five on the podcast then, the TPP quiz. Uh, Andy is our quiz master. He has put together, I'm sure, a hell of a good quiz for us. So, Andy, over to you. Right, this is a nice, simple quiz. It's a quiz about the film. It's buzzers. Yeah. So, what buzzers do we have? Buzz. I want buzz back again. That's my buzz. <laughs> right. Beep. Right. Buzz and beep. You know, you could change that, Chris, if you wanted to. <laughs> you could also ah, just say too much buzz. effort. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, these are fa- uh, facts. Like, well, they're not facts. They're questions about the film which are factual, and you have to go to the answer that I've got written on screen. Right, okay. Right, I don't give a shit what you say, but you can stop me mid-sentence as well. You can buzz or beep. If you get it wrong, it does get thrown over to the other person. Keep your scores, because I'll forget. Right. Oh, yeah. Question one. What anniversary is Amy... Hey, I got a beep first. It's, it's their wooden anniversary, which is their fifth year. Is he correct? He is right. He's in there. He fucking, he's on it. He's good at the quizzes, as Chris. Right. Question two. Nick returns home, but Amy is not there. What is the reason he calls for the police? Beep. Chris? He noticed the broken table. Correct. The glass table. Yep, yep, you're right, you're right. He's... I'm not going to question the quiz master, but that was a strangely asked question. But carry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was hammered while writing these down. <laughs> right. Why is Amy technically famous? Buzz. Beep. Buzz got it. Uh, ah. Her parents wrote children's books and she was the inspiration for the main character. You are right. correct. Right. Question four. Well being interrogated, Nick does not know what about his wife. Beep. Beep. Her, her blood type. Well, more than that, actually. It was quite a lot. Well, yeah, I was going to say her best friend's well. name or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got blood type. I'm taking blood type. Yeah. It was what well, I read down. I can't argue with that being an answer. Right. Here's a question for you. Question five. During the press conference, uh, Nick seems to be slightly confused. And we don't know if he's innocent or not. However... Most reporters think he makes this mistake. What is this mistake? Beep. Chris? He smiled in the picture. <laughs> that is the most awkward question. The problem was, I didn't have that many good questions. That's how 
complicatedly that's the questions. What does he do in the first press conference that makes him look guilty? Nope. (laughs) Right, here we go. It's question six. To add fuel to the fire of an already raging media, what does Amy's friend shout during Nick's second... Uh Buzz got it. Uh, That she was pregnant. I need more than that, Bruce. That he was cheating on her as well? Chris is getting thrown she over to you. She was six weeks pregnant. Chris got it oh, right. God. She was six weeks God. pregnant. <laughs> Chris is dominating. Here we go. Right. So, there's a big twist in the movie where we find that Amy is very much alive. What is her other name? Babe. Go, Chris. Nancy. He is dominating. Right. Are there... Are there five more questions? Nope. The Chris is one. So can we just call it there? Uh, I'll give him it. I'll give him it. Flawless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally did one. Oh, yeah. I was out there. You were shy to the questions. I was. I mean, it was like most complicated. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, on some upwards, hopefully. Point six. Our statistics point. I've been keeping track of our usuals and a couple of others. I didn't count coffees, Andy, because I kind of forgot. And also, when I started counting, there were none for about 20 minutes. So There's I fucking loads of coffees. So well, many how many coffees. ones did you tell me? Right. Too many. <laughs> right. Uh, I've got our usual ones, though. Uh, no explosions. Not one single explosion in the whole film. Uh, however, there was just one death. I was waiting for there to be more than one death. But only poor Daisy snuffs it in the entire film. Uh, he is the only one, unless you want to count. Ben Affleck's mum, but then she wasn't really in the film, uh, but she died uh, in terms of the story there. Uh, and But the swears is where we get a big hit. 53 swears there were, including four quick-fire C-bombs right at the yeah. very end. That, uh, I, 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 that. All the kids and these massive Cheshire cat grin <laughs> when they were being fired. I do love and a cunt. <laughs> you do? <laughs> uh, did they say the thing in this film? No. Uh, no. I've got no, I think. But I, I can't ever think of a point where they did say it, but I, I'm no. pretty sure they didn't. And the last stat I've got is that Amy was gone at 50 seconds into the film, as in on a, a rewatch at the a quick rewatch at the end of, the, uh, of watching, I noticed that she had her long hair when he's talking about unspooling her head. So I think that is first thing in the morning on the first day. So 50 seconds, Amy is gone. She doesn't return into the film in real time, or at least kind of in real time, till one hour, six minutes into the film. So there's over an hour of this film doesn't essentially have the main character or one of the two main characters in it. So she was gone for one hour and four and a bit minutes uh, <laughs> is my last stat. Uh, Andy, you got any stats? There was a few feet for my, uh, whatever hey. I call them. I can't remember. Podo file. That was the ones. So yeah, there was some Ben Affleck feet, Rosamund Pike feet, and Neil Patrick Harris feet. Oh, feet so. everywhere. Mm. Uh, and if you're into Vanilla. it, uh, a Ben Affleck little man. <laughs> oh yes, right. uh, oh, that's like, my next one. There's yeah. two. There's two, ahead, there's two. Too many weenies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, okay. But Ben Affleck does beat Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> I wasn't measuring them. I just happened to see it. Well, with your new big telly, Chris, you can see it. You can measure it, like, life-size. Uh, I don't have it yet. It's not here until next week. But Okay. <laughs> so, let's move on to no more weaknesses. Um, have you got any other stats? Not no. You count, you, I was going to do some. Uh, you only see, like, one boob. Well, right, okay. <laughs> well, no, like, you only see, like, one set of boobs. You don't see Rosamund Pike's boobs. Right, okay. You see, a, like, a side boob. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, that's enough boobs. Right, we'll carry on. We've no other point. Movies then movies. I really struggled with this one. Uh, oh, I got one. Oh, right. I'll come in a second. It's better than my Drudge Dead one. The Fugitive, by suggestion and by the fact that the, the wife that was killed is in it. And then he mentions Fast and Furious in the bar at the start. So that's literally the movies and movies I've got. Chris, you seem excited. What is your movie within movies? So, it's better than Judge Red, I'll say that. So after the film finished, being stuck with Amy drove Nick mental to the point where he snapped and thought, I need to fight this in all injustice. I'll get her arrested, get her put... I'll get put in witness protection with a butler and I'll change my name... And I will become the Batfleck. Oh, I'll steal her money as well. <laughs> to fund my Bruce Wayne persona. Right, okay. That's how uh, it becomes Batman. All right, I'll give you a, a solid C- minus for that. So, Andy, uh, movies are the movies. What have you got for us? This one's pretty simple. It kind of goes a similar way of Chris. So, basically, Amy's a bit of a nutter. But she gets back with uh, Ben Affleck, who does not become Batman, because that's impossible, because Bruce Wayne was always born into a life of uh, butlers and stuff like that, so I reckon that's why the C-minus came into it. However, Amy does go off the rails a little bit, and she manipulates the police force and all that, gets put into witness protection, gets a new identity, become Kara Urban's brother, gets a new job on Mars, way out of the way, and makes a Doom project. <laughs> and, uh, yep, that's where she is. She becomes... Uh, I like it. Thingy Grim, whatever her first name is. She'd be Carl uh, Orban's sister. Yeah, that's, that's, ah, that's uh, what I meant, not sister brother. <laughs> but yeah, well, I like it. I cannot fault that one other than the, the brother. So, uh, I meant sister. I found this into the contest. <laughs> I don't know how I've done that, but that's a contest. Andy wins. Yeah. Uh, this, Chris, what, point eight. What have you got for this? Uh, I can't struggle with this one, but like, see, you've committed the perfect crime and are pretty much going to get away with it. What do you do that gets you caught? Like, I'd be stupid and I'd just walk in a shop and go, oh, that's fucking me. And boom, I get caught. <laughs> that's fucking... Or... You, you see a missing poster of you going, oh, it's me. I'm that kind of stupid person. I'd be like, oh, it's me. Or I'd grow my beard and then I'd shave it off and be like, oh, fuck. I, I I'd reckon do something I, stupid. I'm definitely getting caught on a KFC video camera. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what's happening because I couldn't do without it. So I'd be walking in and I'd be like, missing person. of like, oh, wait there. He was at KFC like Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday. <laughs> For me, it would be the fact that who uses actual cash anymore? So it would be using bank cards. They would just track every single move I ever make because I'd have to use my card because who carries money these days? Like, everything's tap, 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 but like that. So, uh, yeah, they'd get me on the old uh, the old money side of things. Tap, 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 Yeah. Uh, on a point nine on the podcast, we've got the nominations. Our nominees for the much-touted Pointy Awards. Uh, how about, Chris, we'll come to you for your nominations first. Who have you nominated for what? Well, I've nominated both of her plans for best plan because, I mean, her first plan to frame Nick was working out perfectly until those, uh, she, she would have got away with it if it wasn't for those pesky rednecks. Was it for her putting? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, her second plan, which actually did work, was just fucking even more genius because she had to think of her on her feet yeah. within like a day or two. No, actually not as long ago, it was a few weeks, wasn't it? Even still, she did it quicker than she did the other one and it worked. She, she was gone 30 days in total, if that helps. So, yeah. Uh... Yeah, so yeah. anyway, so both our plans were good. Yeah, uh, yeah, my second nominee is I'm nominating that house for a perfect house award because fuck me, that was good. <laughs> and I'm nominating you mentioned her before, I'm nominating Emily Radzikowski for her worst acting award because fuck me, she's shit. 
Good shout, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, yeah, what about you, Andy? Yeah. Any nominations? Yeah, Rosamund Pike for Worst Actress. Uh, she can't pull an accent off. She tries two, and this one fails miserably. Well, but the thing is, I, I completely forgot you mentioned me, you'd mentioned to me to do that. I think her bad Cajun accent is meant to be bad. Like, I think when she's in the motel, nope. like, she's Shit. unable to pull that off. And I think that she that's part of the reason that she's she's on shaky ground. She doesn't really know what she's doing anymore. Just mm. bad. She had a bad plan. She she bad accent. Just bad. And she tried to ruin Ben Affleck. So bad. So worst actress <laughs> right there. Uh Worst plan award. What? Making making the perfect plan and then putting it on a calendar for rednecks to see. Like, um, yeah. stupid. Like, the house cleaner could have came in there or anything. The landlord could have came around and said, oh yeah, kill myself on Thursday. Right on there. It's like, <laughs> fucking idiot. Uh, just the most trusting character, Ben Affleck. I trust him. He's got one of them faces you trust. Most and, uh, character. Is yeah. Right, yeah. A most pointless side character. Neil Patrick Harris. Like, oh, poor Neil Patrick Harris. He fucked up I again. That, it's like, I had that until I realised that, no, he was pretty crucial to her getting back. So, yeah. He just didn't get enough screen time. Him. He was, like, third credited, and he's got, like, five minutes in the film. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my nominees. Uh, I'm going to follow up Neil Patrick Harris with Neil Patrick Harris. Best death by a country mile, Neil Patrick Harris. It was all the death in the film, but it was a belter. So, um, Neil Patrick Harris' <laughs> death as best death. I don't know if I've got many nominees this season. Uh, Michael Peña Award for Best Storytelling. Amy Dunn's How to Get Away with Murder. I thought she told oh, that story. Oh, that's a good one. That was a good one. Someone's not mentioned very much. I thought Carrie Coon as his sister was actually very good at what she did. I thought she was actually pretty damn good as a sporting character. So I'm giving her a shout out. She didn't do anything too... Like, I don't know, at the forefront of the film. But I thought she was very good. She just pipped uh, Kim Dickens as the detective because she was pretty good as well. Best Twist. I don't know how neither you mentioned the twist. Amy having kidnapped herself had to be nominated. For I wasn't twist. twist. No, 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 no. It's part of the plan, I suppose. Nah. Um, I thought of the twist. Shite. Ben, Aff- ben Affleck on the Sharon show was best scene because I was like, I, I, Andy's talking about how he loves Ben Affleck. I was like punching the air when, when he nailed that TV interview. So I'm going that for best scene. And then I'm, the, I'm nominating best actress, Rosamund Pike. I don't care what you say. I think Fuck she off, was brilliant. bullshit. She was very good. She played about 20 different characters in the same film. So That's because she can't act. Funny. She forgot who she was playing. That's the problem. Uh, okay, so find out on the point is if, if she wins either of these awards, uh, <laughs> since there seems to be a bit of debate about it. Point 10 on the podcast, the moral of the story. What lessons have been learned from the film? I feel like, Chris, we'll hear from you first. What have you got as a moral of the story? I'm sorry, ladies, but bitches be crazy. <laughs> Me too. Women be crazy, I've got in my one. <laughs> because they, like, that's, that's what this film like. The policewoman is the only one who is like an absolute straight shooter. Everybody else has something crazy about them. Like the girlfriend is completely self-centered and going mad for her teacher. Obviously, Amy is an absolute sociopath, psychopath. The mum is weird with the fact that she stole Amy's childhood and all this. Stuff. Yeah. The sister, she's a bit kind of wacky. Incesty. Well, so yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, oh I, like I need to go well. back. I need to go back. Worst cop award. That detective, she was shite. I had that as well at one point because she was totally barking up the wrong tree for the entire film and then Amy just gets away with it. Like, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, I need to put her in that nomination going back yeah, there. Good, so, yeah. good call. Uh, what's your moral story, Andy? You're the one I've not heard of unless you have the same one. No, no, no. Don't go putting. Get your shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll foil <laughs> a good plan. Yeah, totally. Don't go putting. Uh, putting yeah. ruins everything. Yeah, it does. Uh, you can waste your entire life doing that. 10 points of discussion over with. 10 point rating upcoming. It's my pick. I go first. Uh, I want to add or 
continue what Andy was saying alone, that every section of the film was too long. Like every, they could take five minutes out of every chunk of it, and that would shorten it down. I think was, everything kind of lasted a bit too long. On a rewatch, having knowing what the twist is, Amy sounds guilty in all of her voiceovers. Like she does bits of voiceover in not bits of voice, but in scenes that she's in and all that. She sounds like the villain the entire way through whenever you see her speaking and untrustworthy. So the twist kind of ruins it on a, a rewatch again, and then the, the ending of the film running out of steam. But the film has some great performances. The whole feel of the film, I know you didn't like the music. It's a bit loud at times, but I just liked the film. It was tense. It was a good, well-put-together motion picture. So that gives me, in the end, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Is my rating. Uh, I've got you next, Andy. What are you giving it? Uh, it was shite. <laughs> uh, it was way too long. There's way better films out there uh, that do exactly the same storyline, uh, including a film called The Searching, which has got uh, Kumar in it from Harlan Kumar, uh, where he's got to find his 16-year-old daughter. Uh, that's a recent film. That's pretty banging. So I've recommended that. It's 2018, Searching. Um, also a nice one hour, 42 minutes, that film. It's uh, manageable <laughs> for a missing person film. Uh, yeah, just shite. Didn't enjoy it. Affleck couldn't even save it. Four. Four. Wow. Three of it's which is for Affleck. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Chris, round us out, what have you got? Well, um, if it wasn't for the podcast, I probably would never have watched this film. So thanks, Bruce, because oh, surprise, surprise, I fucking loved it. Oh, um, I never read the book, so I had no idea what to expect. Um, I wasn't prepared for the twist that she faked her death. I thought she had been killed by somebody else. But um, it was close to being a 10. Ooh. It was close to being her first 10 film. Yeah. But like, there's a few plot holes. The cheesy first meeting between them just brought it down for me. But uh, I'm, I'm giving it an 8 because I Ooh. really enjoyed it. So it's close to be a 10, but it's a. <laughs> no, let's just bring it down. Right, okay. Like, yeah. Mine was, was close to be a 0, but Ben Affleck was in it, to be fair, Chris. <laughs> yeah, like if I was really pedantic I would, and didn't bother by then, I would have just given it a 10 out of 10 because it's a really good film. There we go. I think I might, on first view, I think I'd have given it an 8 as well, but I think if you watch it again, it, it does lose some. Shite. But that, Hi. Yeah. <laughs> that gives it a six, is our official 10-point podcast rating uh, for Gone Girl. Six, a solid outing. But we better get on to next time on the podcast. And coming up in the next wee while, we have a, a special series of selections. We've done it in the past. This is a new one. It's the 10-point podcast, Spooky Spooktacular for October. Uh, <laughs> And make it short spook month uh, for maybe a bit briefer. Um, it rolls off the tongue a bit easier. Yeah, it's, it's spooky spectacular. But he's been excited about it. We're excited about it. Chris has got the first spooky selection for Halloween 2020. Chris, what have you got? Well, the whole podcast, I've gone through films that I've never seen before. I'm going to deviate just once. What? Bullshit. Yes. Because I'm picking a film that's not your typical horror movie. Oh my god! It's about you know two guys who just want. Oh to my relax. god! No. In their new holiday home, it's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. All right, oh, I, I'll give you. I've it. seen that. You thought That's... I was going Shaun of the Dead, there, didn't you? No, we actually thought we were not going to pick a scary film or a horror-related film. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. It's <laughs> horrifying. Therefore, I'm picking that. <laughs> I'll give you so, that. Uh, yeah, Tucker Tuck and Dale versus Evil. There you Very go. Good. So I was not expecting you to pick that. Uh, nope. I have seen it. Uh, I, I can't really give much more information at the moment because I can't really remember how I felt about it. But yes, I have seen it. Uh, Andy, reaction? I like it. I like Alan Tudyk and I, I like uh, Sock. 
yeah. <laughs> I can't do yeah. his name either. Yeah. <laughs> Reaper, Reaper has lasted long. I don't know why. I, I don't even know if I, like I've watched maybe the first couple of seasons of it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's who he is to me as well. Yeah. So the Ten Point Podcast Spooky Spooktacular Spook Month for the Ten Point Podcast <laughs> is coming. Uh, join us over the next three, maybe four, depending on how we feel about Chris picking a second one. Oh, uh, the next so, one's a good, proper horror one, don't worry. There we go. So Chris has got another one. So four weeks of spookiness coming for Halloween from the Ten Point Podcast. So please join us then.